You're listening to Girls with Grafts, a burn community podcast created by Phoenix Society for Burn Survivors, a leading nonprofit dedicated to supporting the burn community. In this podcast, we'll talk with burn survivors, share resources to help with supporting and improving burn recovery, and discuss how to prevent burn injuries. Here are your hosts, burn survivors and Phoenix Society's marketing team, Amber Wilcox and Rachel Kudlak. Hello and welcome back to Girls with Graphs. I am Rachel Kudlak. I'm one of the hosts of the podcast. And today I am so happy to be back with my lovely co-host, Amber Wilcox. So welcome back, Amber. Thank you. It's been such a long time. I'm so excited to be back on the stream with you. And we're live today, which is exciting. So um, I'd love the chance to chat with some other folks out there. And so um, if you have questions or comments um, about, oh, and then we already have some coming through. Um, but if you have questions or comments and you want to chat with us today, go ahead and leave them in, in the comment section and uh, we'd be happy to chat through things with you. Yes. Well, before I introduce today's guest, which if you can tell by the title, you already know who she is. But Amber, how have you been? I know our listeners have been missing you. Um, I know people probably got a little confused. We did pre-record some episodes before uh, Amber had her baby. I am not still pregnant. It would be like <laughs> the longest pregnancy ever, right? Uh, <laughs> I am not still pregnant. Um, yes, I did have my baby boy crew. Um, he's three months old uh, last week. So uh, he's doing great. And we're we're having the time of our life, taking him to Disney World and uh, doing some fun things around with him. So uh, we're doing good. Sleep comes when it, <laughs> when it happens. But um, other than that, we are, we're having a good time. Oh my gosh. I'm sure, especially the holidays too, with like your cruise first holiday season yes. has to be so much fun um, just to experience all of it. And he loves lights. So we have our Christmas tree up, but anywhere we go where there's like any lights, it can be Christmas lights, but also just lights in general. Um, his eyes get real big and he just loves oh. to stare at lights. So um, we spend a lot of time looking at lights um, these days, but yes, we're very excited for his first Christmas, even though he doesn't really understand it. Um, we are all very excited <laughs> to have him. So um, I can't wait to uh, have the holidays with him, but it is super busy right now. So I feel like as a mom, it's like you have a difficult time, like trying to fit everything in while you're also trying to do all the things you used to. So it's definitely an adjustment and I can relate it to, I feel like going through a new change in your life with like burns. I feel like this is like another new chapter for us. So we adapted really well with my burn injury. And then now we're just kind of everything we learned from that is happening all over again in a different way. So Yes. Crazy time. That's amazing. Well, like I said, I'm so happy to be, for you to be back. Uh, today oh, is our, our last episode of season mm -hmm. three of Girls Like Grass. It's a live episode. I'm in the holiday spirit. I know you can't really see, but I got the I know. holly Look jolly vibe. I saw that. I'm impressed. 
I do have a Christmas tree behind me and it'll sometimes pop in here, but um, there's also, I'm in elf land of gifts behind me as well for Christmas. So uh, yes, I should have brought my holiday spirit on, but we do match a little bit, a little grays going on. So awesome. Well, I'm so excited um, for today's guest and I know you are too, Rachel, but before we do, um, let's go ahead and shout out our sponsor for today's podcast. Yes. So today's podcast is powered by Buses by the Beach. Um, Buses by the Beach is a group of VW bus lovers, and they're based in West Michigan, which is right near where Phoenix Society headquarters are in Grand Rapids. So they camp, they host events, and they raise funds for Phoenix Society for Burn Survivors. So we just want to give them a special shout out um, for all of their support every single year and throughout their events. So um, shout out to Buses by the Beach. Um, yes. And I'm jealous of their event every year. I love VW buses and uh, I wish I was in Michigan to be there. So yeah. <laughs> our guest who, like I said, if you read the title, you know who she is, Amy Acton. She was at the last event. So maybe we can get um, a few updates from, a scoop her. from her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, today we do have Amy Acton, who is the CEO of Phoenix Society for Burn Survivors. She has been um, serving the organization for over 20 years. Amy is a burn survivor, a former former burn nurse, and a leading advocate for the burn community. She has de- dedicated her career to promoting the expansion of burn recovery services and resources for burn survivors and caregivers. So that was just a quick little snippet of what Amy's done. But thank you so much, Amy, for uh, joining us live today on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, it's Amy. Great to be here again. Uh, awesome. And I will tell you, if you can get to Buses by the Beach, you must come. It is one of the best. I know. Times. Uh, great music, wonderful people. Just, I had my, I have a little camp van and I spent the weekend there. I, I didn't look That's awesome. Like Wasn't a VW, but I uh, had a great time with them. <laughs> really good time. Well, it sounds like a great time. Next time I'm up in the Michigan area, I'll have to time it with the Buses by the Beach. It's a must do. <laughs> Those are some of my favorite things, the beach as well. Well, Amy, um, I know that um, before we kind of get into more um, topics for today's podcast that we have for you, I uh, want to check in with you and just see how you're doing this holiday as well. I'm doing well. Just, uh, you know, staying calm, cool and collected as, uh, <laughs> you know, deadlines approach and the year end approaches, but uh, looking forward for, for a little quiet time with family and friends and doing well. Awesome. Well, I know I mentioned this already, but this is a live podcast. So we brought Amy on um, just to kind of look back at 2023, talk about some of our successes throughout the year, and then to help, you know, educate our listeners on what they can expect to see from Phoenix Society in 2024. So like we mentioned, if you have comments or questions or you have highlights from this past year you want to share, um, leave those in the comment sections and we'll be sure to pull them up here and get Amy to answer. So yeah. this is your time. Questions for Amy. She's here. Yeah, she's please. live. Come on, bring she's, it on. <laughs> she's ready to answer. Um, but to get us started, you know, I just can't believe it's December and it's December 14th. Christmas is and the holidays, they're quickly approaching. The new year is going to be here before we know it. Um, and it's its crazy to just think back of 2023 and all the things that we've accomplished so far this year. So, um, Amy, what are some of your you know major wins that maybe you want to touch on that we, we accomplished um, in 2023? Well, 
you know, I think uh, those have been around Phoenix Society for a while. Having Phoenix World Burn back was a huge, huge uh, moment. I think we all missed it. Uh, obviously, COVID put us on the sidelines for a while. Um, it was just awesome to be back together face-to-face with the community, with the fire service, with healthcare professionals all kind of coming together to support one another. So that that was a highlight for me. Um, you know, we had 13 countries represented this year, uh, which is awesome to, again, see the international exposure and um, reach that this community has. Um, I, I, the theme is moving forward together. And I felt this year, um, you know, the, as the year got going, I just felt momentum and momentum on r- reaching more people in different ways and bringing new people into the organization. So all the new people at World Burn was the other highlight, uh, you know, over half, around half percent, half of the people were brand new to, to World Burn and to the community. And as we all say, none of us wanted to come here, but if you have to be here, uh, it's great to be in that kind of community. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, That's it's awesome. it was amazing. Uh, you know, I know you were on a few months ago and we talked about the conference, but it was so amazing to have all the folks that we met during COVID online and all this virtual mm-hmm. connection and to see that really come together in person was was a highlight for me um, and for so many of our community. I think basically everyone said that was one of their highlights is, you know, I've met these folks online. I've been texting them and calling with them and I get to finally meet them um, in person. I'm jealous. It sounds like it was a blast. And I happened to see all the great pictures and videos you guys shared um, from the event. But Amy, I'd love to hear from you uh, what your favorite part, I guess, of the event was from this past year. Well, again, I kind of what you just mentioned. I mean, I met people that, you know, we had met online and it still it was out of context. Right. So I think I, I ran into Jane Fair and I like I didn't recognize her at first. because I was like, oh, this is out of context. I, it was it was wild. So, I mean, I think people that you felt that you've come to know that you've never really met face to face. That's always really grand. I think I there was also a great session that I, I didn't anticipate it to be such a hit, but the. We had a session with the with the fire service. The United States Fire Administrator was there. Um, leaders from NFPA, NFSA, NFFF, which is the National Fire Firefighters uh, Fallen Firefighters Foundation. So having that group talk about advocacy uh, with Rob Feeney and, and Gina Russo from the Station Nightclub Fire, and just the the power of the survivor voice, um, it reignited kind of my passion for advocacy listening to that group and, and kind of reflecting on the impacts we've had over the last several decades. Uh, so that, that was a highlight for me. And it sounds like it was a pretty well-received uh, event for the, the rest of the group. Maybe a general session next year. Yes, definitely. And for those who may have missed the event, or even if you want to rewatch it or share it with others, we do have that video on our Facebook page and our YouTube profile. So it was, uh, I can agree, it was an amazing session. You know, I often find my, myself running around like trying to do my marketing job and capturing moments and doing all the behind the scenes. But that was one of the sessions I really was there and I just listened. And I totally agree with you, Amy. It just like reminded me how important the advocacy arm of what we do is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like I... I don't always feel like maybe I am making a difference, but when we, when we had like Dr. Lori up there just talking, it was just such a powerful reminder of 
why why one voice is so important and why we have to come together and share our voice. So I do highly recommend uh, checking out that video if you haven't seen it already. One other highlight I, I want to mention, and, and that was volunteers, some of the volunteers that uh, came into the community for the first time, and then those that have come back and just their passion for being back and supporting the community and giving up a week of their vacation time or, or time to come and be part of this community. And one of them just really shared, I, she had not been in such an environment that was so loving and caring. And just to be amongst the community was really uh, impactful for her as well as a volunteer. So I think that's, that's always fun when you can expand your community just by being who you are. And mm -hmm. I think that was really a big highlight for me again this year. I, you kind of forgot that after not doing it for four years. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, like I said, you were on, you know, right after the conference, we did a quick little video, but one area that we didn't get to highlight during that uh, video, because it was right after the conference, was a little bit more about, you know, the financials from behind the scenes of the conference. Mm -hmm. um, so we did, well, our year-end impact report is currently being printed and mailed. So be on the lookout for that coming soon. But in the meantime, we did want to just share a little bit more of an update um, in terms of financials. You know, Phoenix Society does subsidize part of the conference cost. Um, and we want to be really transparent with our community of, you know, what the costs are. Um, so I am going to, if you are watching this, um, I do have a graphic I'm going to pull up here on the screen. Um, but if you're listening, we'll walk through it too. Um, so let me see if I can pull it up here. So I know it's probably a little small for folks, but that's why we have Amy, because she's going to talk us through it today. Um, but I'll just kind of run through the quick high level. You know, our total revenue was, you know, just about $539,000, um, but expenses were also very high. And that was um, close to 693,000, excuse me. So Amy, can you just talk us through a little bit more of, you know, the behind the scenes um, yeah. of the event? Yeah, I think it's really important to share again, because, you know, we understand and we've been working really hard to try to keep our expenses as low as possible to have it as affordable as possible. Yet we recognize even that is very hard for many people. Uh, but the reality of the environment at this year, for sure. I mean, I can't remember what the exact number, but a gallon of coffee compared to when we had it in 2019 was, I don't know, three times as much. It was it was astronomical. So so again, the challenge is are real uh, to make sure that we continue to have World Burn Congress because we know how important it is to the community. So we go out and raise uh, about 52% through sponsorships. Uh, our wonderful um, MedStar, DC Firefighters were kind of our lead sponsors, uh, Johns Hopkins, many others joined us to support 52% of that revenue that we talked about. Uh, about 44% of that is registration fees. So less than half is covered by registration. 4% uh, is exhibitors. And then um, the Phoenix Society kind of made up a balance of that as well. Um, and then our expenses, about 51% is programmatic planning, uh, getting speakers, getting speakers there, um, the support of the program, the marketing, making sure people know it's there and, and signing up and the platforms to, to do registration. That's about 51% of our cost. 41% of it is food and beverage. Again, as I mentioned, and I know uh, if you had the breakfast sandwich, there was nothing to write home about. Uh, it was pretty pathetic, uh, to be honest. 
but we were trying again to keep the cost in an affordable way so people could come. So we're looking at all sorts of ways we might be able to strategize around food, but we know that having some food is important. Um, 8% is like the con uh, con convention center, AV cost, those uh, kind of incidentals around the hotel that kind of come and get us. Um, and, you know, I think the other way it's affordable is about 53 organizations sponsor people to come. So they're paying that 44% of registration cost for a lot of people. Um, so again, it's a community effort. I think my point here in sharing this and being kind of transparent about the buckets that uh, are funding it and then our costs um, is just to be really clear that it takes a community and it takes all of us to make it happen. And um, we continue to uh, take the content and we're, I think we have about eight sessions that will be allowed uh, online so people can still get some of that good content um, that was there but couldn't attend. So we'll continue to look at ways to bring the community together around World Burn if you can't be there. We talked about streaming it and doing hybrid, but that cost also has gone through the roof uh, at hotels. I think they figured out that, oh, people want to do hybrid. So we'll, you know, <laughs> internet all of a sudden got to be like thousands of dollars a minute. Um, so that wasn't an option for us to hear. But we'll continue to work with our sponsors and those that are passionate about bringing the community together to make it work. But I wanted to kind of share that with the community. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much, Amy, too, for going over that. And like we said, we we want to help share and educate our community of the behind the scenes. You know, last year I went through the wedding planning process and I didn't really understand event planning. And now I get it. I yeah. You talk about food and beverage. It's ridiculous how much yeah. that costs. Um, so, yeah, we just want to help, you know, educate our community. And, you know, like you said, we are looking for ways to change things up for 2025. And that's why, you know, filling out the post-conference evaluation or yeah. sending us your ideas, dropping them in the comments right now, even if you're listening yeah. later. Um, let us yeah. know what you want to, what you want us to keep and what you want us to change too. Yeah. Volunteering, being a speaker. You know, I think again, as you see the, the expenses were more than what we brought in with direct sponsorship. So the Phoenix Society general support that people provide the Phoenix Society uh, covered 22% of that cost. So everybody that donated to Phoenix Society last year had a hand in making it work. Definitely. Awesome. Well, well, thank you for sharing all of that with us, Amy. Um, yeah. Once again, if anyone has comments, it looks like we have a couple that came through. So I'm going to share them before um, we move on here. Okay. Um, it looks like LaToya just wants to say, can't wait to chat with you today. So um, hi, LaToya. Thanks for joining us. Um, and we have a note from Crystal from Oklahoma. So Crystal says, hello, ladies. Thank you for all your wonderful resources. I'm so blessed to have connected with this wonderful community. So thank you, Crystal. We really appreciate uh, you reaching out to us. Well, um, Amy, I want to switch gears a little bit um, mm -hmm. to talk a little bit about kind of what's happened in 2023. So um, Phoenix Society began hosting some special topic support groups. Um, Amy, I'd love to hear from you a little bit about the impact of those groups um, and what they were. You want to share with our, for our audience? Yeah, so we've um, continuing to hear from you and what you want to hear about and, and kind of connect around. So uh, some of these are support groups. We're also moving into kind of networking groups next year, 
peers. So it's it's kind of beyond support groups. It's networking around topics and issues. So we had one around navigating the holidays. It's a stressful time, tends to kind of trigger many people. So that's one that was is, has always been very popular. Uh, we did one on mindfulness, uh, developing kind of your unique style. And that was uh, hosted by you, right? Hi, Amber. Um, it was. Yeah. I, I very much enjoyed that conversation with everyone about ways to be mindful. Yeah. Um, post-traumatic stress uh, and then self-esteem and building confidence. So there's so many uh, wonderful topics and issues. Obviously, World Burn is just one place we do it, but this is another place that we can kind of bring people together around topics, experience, what's worked for them um, and, and suggestions. Um, so we're going to continue to build that content next year. We're going to have some Spanish uh, speaking opportunities and different age groups. So we'll look for us to continue that. And I, I would encourage people to engage in it. If you're interested in a topic, let us know. Um, and we'll continue to, to build that out. Mm -hmm. It looks like John just said hello. So hi, John. Good to see you on the stream today. Yes. Yeah. And just going off what Amy shared too, you know, thinking of these support groups, but they're also networking groups, like you mentioned. And, you know, if you are someone who is an expert in a field or something like that, and you want to help, help us run a group, um, let us know, you know, we, we want to help folks, but you know, if you want to give back, that's also another great way to get involved and share your expertise with the community. Yeah. Think of us as, as a platform, you know, as a platform for people to come together and share ideas mm -hmm. and information. Yeah, that's definitely, I'm looking forward to expanding that uh, next year with the team. So, you know, speaking of 2024, it's just a few days away. Um, and I know the team here at Phoenix Society, we've been working really hard behind the scenes on to launch the Journey Forward program. So some folks may have heard a little bit about it. You know, it's just still something new that we're working on and the pilot's about to begin. So Amy, can you just kind of tell us what the Journey Forward program is? Sure. Again, um, you you probably remember the Journey Forward kit uh, that we tried and tested last year. And that was a concept, again, uh, based on hearing from you, survivors and families, about that hard transition from hospital to home continually over my 25 years, we've heard that problem and that issue and not knowing what to expect. So we're trying to address that challenge um, with very busy hospital staff, uh, a fair amount of turnover in these units, not understanding maybe what resources are available for patients and families and very busy. So how can we make it easy for them, uh, connect survivors and families with what they're looking for when they're looking for it? Um, so we've taken what we learned in the kit project, which uh, the kit was nice, but the reality, what we heard from you is information was really important, uh, a clear connection, uh, how we get connected and what you're looking for. Um, so we learned a lot about that. And we also spent a lot of time talking to the burn centers about what their challenges were. So we've developed a, a journey forward program, which is really a package of the Phoenix Society services. Um, traditionally, we've had the Phoenix SOAR in the hospital setting, uh, which was peer support. But many people, many of the hospital professionals didn't know about all the resources that were available online. They didn't know about our, our online support groups and chats. Um, so we were really developing a package of services that they can understand and know and connect people to in a very seamless way. So we'll be piloting that with UC Davis out in California starting uh, 
I think January, February timeframe. Uh, we're working very hard to do that. And then we'll start to roll that out with different burn center partners. Awesome. It looks like we have some folks that are a part of SOAR even um, joining us on our podcast today. So um, thank you for being a part of SOAR. Um, yeah. Uh, Amy, I guess before we continue, do you want to tell the community and maybe those listening who are not familiar with SOAR what the SOAR program is? Yeah, Phoenix SOAR is Survivors Offering Assistance in Recovery, and it's probably about 25 years old now, close to it. Um, it's a peer support program that traditionally has been hospital-based, uh, where we train hospital staff on how to utilize peer supporters uh, for current patients and families. And they have a group of volunteers, uh, survivors and family members who are willing to go in and help and mentor people new on their journey. They go through a training and um, we evaluate these visits. So we've been doing that for a long time. Uh, we're in about 85 hospitals and currently we're expanding that. We're looking at how do we continue to expand a really beneficial activity. Uh, some of the research shows that it helps outcomes to have peer support connection. Uh, so we're doing a few things. One, we're expanding into Spanish speaking. So we're going to be training some instructors and doing our first training. Was it January or February? Rachel? January. It's January. the first Spanish course. Yeah. Yeah. So the first Spanish course training uh, peer supporters. So that's one area that we're going. And then the other thing we're doing is partnering with uh, some of the nonprofits, uh, the burn nonprofits, local nonprofits, uh, helping for them to have trained peer supporters using the same model, but expanding it out into the community. And the third way is that what we've found is uh, sometimes the hospitals maybe don't have a good match or they don't have SOAR um, or maybe they can't, um, it doesn't happen in the hospital setting. Phoenix will have their own peer supporters uh, that will be providing peer support through our organization. Um, but the beauty of all this is we've developed a platform uh, to um, schedule a peer support visit. If you're at the hospital or maybe at the foundation level or at Phoenix Society, you can schedule uh, to talk to a peer. Um, we'll send out evaluations. How did it go? You know, what, what went well, what didn't? And continue to build this network of connection and community. So it, lots of great work has been done. Uh, Sandy, uh, in the program area, we have Sarah, who's been working very hard with burn centers. Um, it's just been an amazing effort this year to expand and think about SOAR in new ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm personally just so excited for the new expansion of SOAR. You know, we talk a lot on the podcast, you know, sometimes you're hours away from your closest mm -hmm. burn center or the closest yeah. burn foundation even. Um, so I'm really excited to, you know, we're making it easier to access that peer support. Um, yeah. And I think it'll be, it'll just streamline really for everyone. It'll be better for the survivors and caregivers getting the support. It'll be easier for our peer supporters to give support. We know that, you know, peer supporters want to help and now there's even more ways to, um, yeah. plus it helps the hospitals that, you know, it can take a little, um, It'll free up a little of their time because we are making it easier for everyone yeah. else. Yeah. yeah, I think it's good in all okay. I mean, sometimes people aren't ready in the hospital and sometimes they are. So to have it in the hospital is important. Families are tending to get more peer support in the hospital setting than actual the burn survivor. And as a burn survivor comes out of the hospital and 
get settled in the community, they're uh, reaching out much later. So I think you think about it as a continuum or that journey that we're on and when we may need it. Some people don't want any, they don't want peer support. They just want to know what can I expect? So when I say peer support, it really is kind of, you can talk one-on-one with somebody about what to expect. It's not necessarily psychosocial support. It's like, how do you live with this? How, how do you um, handle uh, the questions? How do you handle, um, you know, where do you find your dressings? There's just so many kind of nuances to peer support. Um, and I think having a broader network and being able to match people with maybe like like issues or like type of injuries is also something that people have wanted. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a young woman with a burn injury. Can I talk to another young woman or someone who's been where I've been um, with a similar background? And that's what we're trying to do is get that specific for people so they can find a mentor. Mm-hmm. That's so important. Absolutely. Well, thank you for, for chatting with us more about SOAR, Amy. Um, those are so many exciting updates. It looks like we have some additional folks that are a part of SOAR um, that are excited. Um, and John mentioned that, um, yeah, his um, burn center was six hours away. So um, yes, the importance of SOAR is there. And so um, we do encourage our community to learn more about SOAR um, by visiting our website um, and going to Phoenix SOAR. Um, yeah. If you'd like to be a part of the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great way to give back. I mean, I, I think, again, um, the, we can't do it without volunteers um, and we can't do it without coordinators at the hospital level that are do, going above and beyond their job often to make this happen. So, again, it, it is a community effort um, and it takes all of us to make it work. So thank you for all of those that are volunteering in one way or another uh, or financially supporting the program so we can make sure people don't feel alone. Mm-hmm. Well, and those expansions for Phoenix Store are so, so great. But I do want to go back to the Journey Forward program because mm-hmm. Phoenix Store is part of that program. Yeah. Um, and like you said, you know, oftentimes maybe folks have met us through Phoenix Store and maybe think that that's all that Phoenix Society provides. But Journey Forward is really a package of all of our services and programs, like you mentioned, Amy. So can you talk a little bit more, you know, for example, we have Lily doing our INR, and most folks are like, what does that even mean? So can you talk a little bit more about some of the other services that can go into the, the Journey Forward program? Sure. Again, I, I think over the years, we have evolved uh, our programs based on need, right? And so we've been doing kind of answering people's questions and trying to connect them I call, we call ourselves a connector and convener, right? We've been doing that for 20 years. We didn't necessarily call it a program, but it really is a, a resource and referral program. And so we're putting structure around that work that we've been doing for a long time. We have a broad network of friends and uh, professionals throughout the country that can help, um, but often people can't find them. So by connecting to Phoenix Society, Um, through whether you're coming in through SOAR or the Journey Forward or just on our website, Um, what we're trying to do is make it simpler for you to find what you're looking for. Um, So the Journey Forward kind of encompasses all those programs and tries to put them in a package for the hospital. So when you're starting your journey, you can kind of pick and choose about what you're looking for. If you don't want peer support, that's okay. But you might want some information about um, legal 
issues that you're struggling with, or you may have other questions about itching and, and pain. Um, so we're trying to like, again, meet people where they are with the resources that they need. So when we talk about the journey forward, SOAR is a component of that uh, at the mm-hmm. hospital. Yeah. Well, and you just brought up legal, which is a great, you know, uh, just another great point is that some folks don't even realize the resources that are are available or maybe even rights that they might have, you know, when it comes to legal rights or yeah. financial assistance or, you know, I don't know all the ins and outs either, but there's there's a lot of information. And when you're in the hospital, especially early on, you are focusing on that physical recovery and you might not even be thinking about what's coming next. And we want to help, help, you know, survivors and caregivers navigate that journey and know what to expect and know what options and resources and programs are out there for you. Yeah. And some of us have been, we're fortunate to have somebody mentioned to us early, maybe in our recovery to say, Hey, this probably, this is an interesting uh, accident, but there's probably some liability here that you need to maybe think about as a family member to protect your loved one. So I, I think, again, there's there's just such education. Uh, none of us practice this. <laughs> it's our first time through it. So we know that there are product issues. We know that there are legal issues that, that do call, as an advocate, as a prevention advocate, we know that there are, are things that shouldn't be happening to people. So if we have somebody to look at that legal issue for us um, and we understand how to look for somebody to do that, that's really important information for the family uh, in that early days. So again, it's educating both the survivor, the health healthcare professionals and others about the things that survivors tell us that they wanna know more about. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it looks like Crystal uh, mentioned the resources that are on the website about the Journey Forward kit. Um, so feel free to jo- you visit us online um, to see some of those printables that happen as part of the, the Journey Forward kit as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the kit, you know, we are moving away from that, just to be clear. I mean, I think the the kit was, and I think we may hopefully sometime get back to a, a physical kit. Um but we're going to need to figure out how to fund that. Um, it may be, you know, we have people out there raising money to make sure people get their kit. Right now, digital is the biggest way we're doing that. Um, and and what we learned is that wasn't the most important part for mm-hmm. the survivor and family member. So we want to make sure we're focusing on what their needs are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the tougher parts that we found with the kit too was, you know, there is a delay from when you sign up for something and are you signing up on day three in the hospital or are you signing up on the day you're going home? You know, that there may have been great resources for you, but they're sitting at home while you're sitting in the hospital or whatnot. So um, yeah, I, you know, the digital will get you the resources instantly or almost instantly um, as fast as we can make it come. Um, So yeah, I'm really looking forward to working with UC Davis um, next year on this pilot program and expanding it um, to more hospitals and burn centers next year. Yeah. 
Well, we talked a little bit too about um, Spanish Phoenix Store already, which I'm really excited for. We also have um, Spanish Sarah Steps coming out. So for those who don't know, Sarah Steps is a book that we developed a few years ago um, for, you know, children of who have burn injuries or children of, you know, parents or siblings, um, just a children's book to help talk about burn injuries and, you know, um, to your friends, you know, in school and things like that. So I'm really excited to have the Spanish version of that coming out here soon as well, um, as well as building out our Spanish resources that we have. Um, Lily, who is our um, community resource coordinator. Um, she is Spanish speaking. So that's been a huge um, help with us too. You know, as we grow our community, we know that's a need. Um, and I really see us growing that need or yeah. fixing that need, I guess, uh, yeah. in 2024. Yeah. And I think those are other ways that people may be able to support us is understanding those translation needs that we have. And in your community, you may have resources that can help us translate some of our core content into other languages. So uh, international still is a, people come to us looking for help and support, and uh, we're trying to build networks that can help us do that. Yeah. Well, 2024 is going to be a, an exciting year. Um, I'm really excited to see some of the work we're doing. Like I said, the behind the scenes right now, we have a, this like year end crunch. I, I know we're going to make it um, and I can't wait to start that pilot. So, you know, I know we're running up here on time. So last call, if you have questions or comments for Amy, please leave them in the comment section. Um, we'll make sure we get to them here. Um, but before, you know, we have some final questions for you, Amy, is there anything else our listeners should know about 2024 or any new updates you want to share? Well, I, I'm not sure if I hit everything I was supposed to today, but I, I what I will say is um, this year couldn't have been successful without all the help that you everybody's provided, uh, both in volunteer hours, financially. Um, with their ideas, with their feedback, participating in, in uh, surveys, and we'll be sending out our kind of state of the survivor survey here shortly. Um, but it matters. Uh, I was just on a call yesterday um, sharing kind of what we're doing in, for a global effort. Um, and so what we're doing here is people are interested in, in this community and what we're doing and what we're able to accomplish and that can only happen because of all of you. So thank you very much for all your support uh, and input and insights. Awesome. Well, Amy, we're so thankful um, to have you on today's podcast. Um, and speaking of being thankful, um, we'd love to know more about what you're thankful for um, in 2023 this year. Well, I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for the team at Phoenix Society, our board of directors, and all of those that support uh, myself and the mission. Um, I couldn't ask for a, a better team and more support of our board. Um, they're great people that are passionate about this work. Uh, and just thankful to be part of this community uh, and, and those that I have get, gotten to know. Um, over the last 25 years, it's family. And so I'm, I'm grateful for the family, um, my my own family and this extended family. 
Yes. Yes. We're so thankful for, you know, everyone who supported Phoenix Society over this past year. So, you know, Amber asked you about 2023. I'm going to ask you a tough nail biter about 2024. <laughs> What's the number one thing you're most looking forward to next year? Work-wise? Well, you can give us both. I'll, I'll give you <laughs> I want to I want to hear both, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, work-wise, I'm super excited about working with our hospital partners on the journey forward um, so we can come together as communities to help transition people uh, back into their community. I, I just, I'm super excited about this opportunity. And I think if we put our heads together, we'll, we'll continue to improve it over time. It's not gonna be perfect. And uh, we don't want perfection to get in the way of trying. Uh, so we're gonna really target that transition because we hear so often, and this year at World Burn Again, uh, it was really exciting to see some people that were like literally a few months from their injury at World Burn. Uh, versus those that just found it 20 years later and the and the angst that had to happen for those people. So I'm most excited about continuing to drive forward to try to meet that need. Um, personally, I'm, I'm just uh, excited to continue to watch my family fly off and do their thing. Um, I have, you have a new, a new little baby. Uh, Rachel's not there yet, but I'm eyeing our uh, full in the coop and are living their lives. And there's just nothing better to watch that happen. And um, so I'm excited for what they might do next year, my kids. That's awesome. Well, it does look like we have a question um, that did come in before we ask you our two final questions, Amy. All right. um, uh, Crystal wants to know what the next date or the next uh, World Burn Congress, do you have a date yet for the event? We are going to be in 2025, and Rachel will know the date, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. October 29th through November 1st, 2025. And we'll be in Grapevine, Texas. So um, be sure to save the date. You won't want to miss it. It'll be even better than this past year's, for sure. Yeah. And put a little jar and start putting 50 cents in every day and <laughs> see, see what you can do to get there. And um, I think, uh, again, we're going to continue to expand and and bring great speakers together mm -hmm. and look forward to 2025. So we're doing every other year. I think that will allow us, uh, again, to continue to move forward with things like the journey forward and still keep World Burn um, happening and then do a lot of virtual content. So join us virtually uh, in the meantime. Yes. So exciting. That's and and hopefully this coming world burn, I will be able to be there in person this time. Yeah. So um, bring through. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I am not allowed to go anywhere lately without him. So uh, <laughs> everyone's always like, it's nice to see you. Where's your baby? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So we always ask our guests two final quick questions. Um, the first question, Amy, that I have for you um, for and for our audience um, as Many of us know you are a burn survivor, but for those who are just joining today for the first time and maybe not aware, Amy is also a burn survivor. So Amy, do you want to share with the community um, as a newly injured survivor, what advice would you give them? Hmm. Set goals, even if they're small, and uh, march to one and be happy and grateful for getting there and set another one. And I think that was probably the biggest 
tools somebody gave me is set set some attainable goals short term. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, that's some great advice. So, without further ado, here is our final question. It's our Phoenix partner question, which today <laughs> is sponsored by Buses by the Beach, a group of VW van lovers who raise money for Phoenix Society. So, Amy, what's something you're grateful for today? Not for this past year, just today. <laughs> today that I got through this uh, without, <laughs> without the threat jumping on my computer and tipping it off. <laughs> But that's what I'm grateful for. No dogs barking, uh, no cats, and that I got to be with you all. Didn't flub up too bad, did I, Rachel? No, you did amazing. Thank you, Amy, so much for joining us for this last podcast of the year. I do just want to give another quick reminder. I mentioned this on our Giving Tuesday podcast, but we are doing a very special um, monthly giving match campaign Special thanks to Howard and Tony, our burn survivors and board members and special agents, as we often refer to them. Um, They are matching all new monthly um, donations um, given before the end of the year. So you have about 16 days, I guess 15 and a half days on the hours um, to sign up to be a monthly donor and your impact will be doubled. So even if it's $5 a month, that doubles to 10 thanks to Howard and Tony. So we encourage you to sign up and you can learn more at give.phoenix-society.org slash match 23. So thank you again, Amy, for joining us. Thank you to all of those who are commenting and listening today. Um, It's been another great season of Girls with Graphs. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. Thank you so much. All right. See you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Girls with Graphs. If you are enjoying this content, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.